0: Thanks for listening to the cast. <laughs> I'm doing it like I'm at work. Sorry. Say, I'm over Just say rate review subscribe. Rate review subscribe. Ah! Also, please share the podcast if so you enjoy it. Thanks.
1: Hey, keep that applause going for Brandon Gerber.
0: All right, what's up guys? live outback bossy girl we got what like five minutes before you got to host us mike gilly what time is it yeah
1: about
0: 7:40. you've got we got plenty of time That's
1: why i said 10 minutes 10 minutes i gotta be in there to do my sound check 10 minutes before we get ready
0: all very or you want you could not do 10 minutes up front as a host and uh just cut that into the time
1: well if if you've ever known anything about hosting if I don't do the 10 minutes up front and I just leave the crowd cold, the first 3 or 4 comics actually pay for it. Yeah, because oh, 100%. They have to warm them up and then the audience might not really be into it yet cuz they haven't
0: I feel like at open mics, if you go up the first 2 or 3, you're basically should be trying to host anyways. Like at a show, it's a lot different cuz everybody's already kind of like lubed up, ready to laugh mentally. But I feel like I feel like at open mics a lot of times when I go up like first or second it's like I gotta do more kinda like crowd work than I would normally get into with my material cause I just feel like people are still just kinda getting settled in at open mics and shit
1: well I mean it's actually a good experience to go up to a cold audience because in the grand scheme of things if you wanna really go somewhere in this business you're gonna be opening up for somebody in the beginning and. You're going to be the one that's going up first right after the MC. Right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to have that kind of experience is is really just as practice, man. So you're getting yourself ready for that type of stuff because yeah. if he- you could start off being the headliner, that would be magnificent. That's yeah. everybody's dream. And that's what you think is going to happen, but that's not how it it's works. It's close to what's going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, honestly, for me,
0: my nerves are the same. If I go up first, fifth, tenth, twentieth, closing it it doesn't matter it's all the same shit to me it's the well, same nerves ner- everybody nerves. has nerves bad when nerves. you
1: stop having nerves then you probably but you're, you're the king of not having
0: nerves it. you go up like you don't give a shit every time I, in a good way
1: well a lot of comedians look like they're not nervous before the, when they're on stage but everybody oh, yeah. gets nerves but it's more like a, a duck on water theory. You It doesn't look like I'm nervous, but, yeah, everybody's nervous yeah. until you get that first laugh. Once you get that first laugh out the way, everybody, you get into your element. Um,
0: do you What was your uh, – because, like, now you're much more, like, loose from what I've seen. So when I started two years ago, you, you were basically how you are today to me. Like, you know, like, free-flowing, loose, a lot of crowd work. Seems like you're riffing, even though I've heard a lot of the same stuff. Over Did you When you first started Well you started when you were like What like 31 or something Like 32 Shit I started when I was like 34, 36 34, 36 Did you start off Like I gotta write I gotta have my set list Cause I've never seen you write A set list
1: Well it's funny Cause when I first started Like I Everybody's always told me My whole life I should be a comedian And when you first start You don't really have any material So I had prepared for weeks, you know, just gathering ideas and thoughts. Yeah. And then that's so funny to think I of got you got like that now, because
0: <laughs> I can't even imagine you being like, Oh, I
1: got to come up with five minutes for well, Friday. It, it never changes because <coughs> yeah. once you get a joke perfected the way that you want it worded. All right. Now you got that in a set, but you have to also be able to take that joke out and put it in another set list. So you kind of find different ways to get in and out of your jokes. But I always, every year, I would change up what my focus point was. And my first year was trying to remember my jokes and my punchlines. And then my second year was basically the same thing. And then I wanted to get away from uh, a set list. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when you kind of, it's kind of like cheating. You got a little cheat sheet. And your cheat Mm -hmm. sheet gets smaller once you get better. But then you... It's times when you can't have the cheat sheet. You just gotta really go off of your head, and so I I went through that, trying to get away from that, and then I just focused on going up there and not having anything to say, and that's really how I found a lot of my jokes. I
0: think I'm kind of growing into that stage of comedy because I've probably written down 150 jokes, like wrote out. But when I look at my set list, when I look at my shit, I feel like I have three jokes. Yeah. Like, you know, so I feel like I'm getting more into the. Uh, I could go back and tell us old jokes, but, you know, that's like doggy paddling. I want to learn how to breaststroke. So I'm well, going the, there, like, with a lot less knowing what I want to say, but also not knowing what I want to say and shit.
1: Yeah, well, that's the struggle that you have because you always want to appease the audience. You want right. to give them a good show. But at the same time, as an artist, to grow, you have to take chances. And that chance is not having a joke and going up there and finding something or working on some shit that you just wrote, the idea that you had, and just trying yeah. to word it out and in front of people. It's kind of weird, but yeah. it's a process. Well,
0: it, well it's different because, you know, Jimi Hendrix fucking played the guitar with his teeth, but I guarantee you the first time yeah. he did it yeah. he wasn't, wasn't in front of teeth. a sold-out crowd. It was in a studio or in an apartment where he could just, like, mess around. This, you can't really riff in your house because when you go out and try to riff, people are going to be like, you sound like you're talking to yourself in a mirror right now. Well,
1: the music is different because it's usually several people. You know, you have different instruments and people playing those different instruments. If somebody else messes up, then you have that. But in comedy, it's kind of a one man show. It's, it's you and a microphone. Yeah, like I audience. bet you, if
0: I did improv, I would I wouldn't have any stress going up. Maybe a little bit eh. and stuff. But if you're working with with like a sketch group or something. Because I always equate like because when I, I ran track my senior year in, in in high school yeah and when I ran the relay teams I was not nervous at all I'd be loose I was having fun and then but when I would run the opens which is when you're running by yourself yeah I ran track yeah dude this fucking uh it, it it's like identical anxiety yeah of when I would line you. up it's just you out there you yeah. like, on you're the relays the tra- you have somebody else yeah you, know, you can pick blame up the slack or, or yeah, blame yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: well, that's that's the thing. I love comedy because you're always evolving because just because you're one comic or a certain comic one day and you got this one kind of joke, the next day you might want to do it different, you know? And so you kind of get a feel for who you are. And once you find your voice, it's basically just trying to find some jokes that are amusing.
0: You're a beloved figure in this scene, man. You're like the comedy fun uncle.
1: Uh, I'm like the comedy uh grandfather. <laughs> grandfather.
0: Yeah, around here it's more like that. So because yeah, there's a lot of
1: young comedians around. Oh yeah. Here.
0: But when you when you first started, did you feel like you were like an outsider when you first started around all these no. people or were you just fall right Like did you know somebody in comedy, and no. then that's how
1: you found out about, about Scarlet and Gray was your first mic. I know. Well, my my younger brother uh, attended Ohio State, and he actually told me about Scarlet and Gray. And so when I showed up, I didn't know anybody, but like Columbus, everybody was friendly. It was it's yeah. different now. It's about the same, but it was different now because yeah. there was a lot of seasoned you know, comedians yeah. that were around then that you could kind of watch and pick up little tips from, and they would talk to you about things. Now it seems like I'm the guy that you need to talk to.
0: Yeah, that's why we're
1: talking to you right yeah. now.
0: But do you feel that, like, it's kind of like reset, where, like, Columbus has got to, like, start accumulating that those uh, like that veteran comedy now? Like, it's kind of like reset where you got a lot of younger people oh, now, no, like less there's, experience? there's a lot
1: of veterans here, but the thing is you have to catch them out because – They're out booked somewhere, and so coming out to open mics is obsolete. You don't really need to do that anymore once you get to a certain status. But they still need to come out and work on uh, material. So every now and again they pop out, and you get to interact with them and talk to them and pick up little tips and watch them. The easiest thing to notice what you're doing wrong is by watching somebody. If you can watch, like, somebody that's good – Doing anything i don't care what you're doing if you're doing construction if you're doing paperwork if you're right. doing comedy if you can watch somebody that knows what they're doing it's so much easier because you can see the thought process it takes but and then I feel like you also got to like record and watch yourself to like judge
0: yourself in that same light
1: well, I mean recording yourself is important because you it's not only uh the wording of a jokes most of the time it's the presentation of the a The act joke. out of it's it. the way like. that you move or the way you say a joke, the inflictions on certain words. And so it's a lot that plays into it because it's always different people.
0: Have you ever, what, what would you say looking back, do you got a worst bomb story? You walk a crowd. Never you feel bombed. You feel, never walked a crowd. You never
1: flop sweat. I, you feel like fuck. I have. A, you never got off a stage and be like, God, what am I doing tonight? I have gotten off the stage. And been mad at myself Because I've been in like big situations Where I was doing great Mm -hmm. And then something happens I mess up a joke Or I switch up the wording Or the punchline or some shit I've done things like that But actually just like bombing Like all night This sucks Yeah, I can't believe I'm doing this shit No I I can't remember those nights Because I've always got to laugh Even if it was one or two laughs I always felt like I was up there for myself. The audience, you know, they're there, but if you're not doing this because it makes you happy, then it's more like a job. And that's where you start getting nervous. Cause if you're just doing some shit, if you're painting art by yourself, just freelance, it's, you can do whatever you want. But when you, somebody's paid you to do a job to paint this picture, there's a lot of stress that's added on that. And, the thing about any kind of presentation or talking to people or any kind of entertainment is you got to do this shit for yourself a little bit too, man. I,
0: I think it's got to be... It's just I mean, I think it's got to be... Well, that's what comedy is. It's your entire viewpoint that you're trying to have make sense for strangers. Because everybody's like got their own fucking opinion about something. This, yeah, I keep repeating it, but... The, the, the thing is, is like not everybody is born and knows how to throw a baseball. Not everybody knows how to play a piano. Exactly. But, but the thing is, everybody can make themselves laugh. So everybody thinks they have a sense of humor. But it's like, no, probably about like 60% of people do. And then the other 40% of people like laugh at dumb shit. Or well, the just thing critical. is, every,
1: everybody hopefully has a sense of humor. But it can't be. But it's the way that you convey your joke. Because you're taking an audience with no frame of reference and you're kind of painting a picture with words because you have to take them from where they're at sitting in that seat and put them in your head and paint them a picture and so they they're looking at the same thing with you and so it's 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 more than just a joke it's actually like well you got to be like psychology yeah
0: cuz the thing is is that like if they like you, if you just like a person, you're going to let them get away with way more shit than somebody you can't stand.
1: Well, yeah, I've been in places where nobody likes you. And, I mean, a joke, shit, that shit could stop racism, you know what Yeah, I, mean? I know, 100%. Just for that yeah. small moment. Because you, everybody goes through the same things. Everybody wants to feel like, yeah, because uh, is there a different skin color or a different religion that they're different than you? No, we're human beings and we all have the same emotions and wants and needs. And so whenever you start trying to believe that nobody else has went through this, that's <laughs> when you start cornering yourself in and you start getting writer's block because everybody goes through this shit. But we're the ones that have the opportunity to bring this back up. And, uh and when you can make... 250 people 200,000 people Come into that one idea with you Man that is a beautiful experience And yeah, there's nothing like it on I the mean,
0: planet I mean I Yeah The first time when I got a wave laugh At the Funny Bone Yeah Where like I I told the punchline And it was, a, it was like Supposed to be like a Kind of like slow burn Yeah I didn't know how it was going to go I like let it sit And then the right side started laughing, and then it just like cascaded over. Like the entire audience, I had to stop for like six seconds. It's like that was like fucking incredible. It
1: was probably more like two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's how it goes. Cause like, it felt like six yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause
0: like, I have friends come out, like, oh man, it's like I didn't say anything for like eight seconds. And then, like, like no, it wasn't. I rewatched it. It was literally a second and a yeah. half. Yeah. But that's all it took for me to start speeding through my entire set afterwards. Cause I thought I was silent for like eight seconds yeah. and shit.
1: No, silence is a good thing in When you're doing comedy Because yeah. if they're not quiet And they're talking to their friend that, that's, their that's the problem yeah. That's when you yeah, got yeah, a problem yeah. And that's when you need to have Some kind of joke To bring their attention back Because two people turns to eight Eight people turns to half the room Half the room turns to Everybody is not paying attention to you And you up there yeah. by yourself With a microphone dying Well I had that last
0: night I started off my uh, Shrunk head was packed last night And then I went up and I listened to the recording, and it was like chatter, chatter, chatter. And then I got halfway through my first joke, and then it was just like dead silence. And I remember last night, I'm like, okay, finally, this is great. The first three, four times that happened, I, like, freaked out on the inside. I'm like, why is nobody talking yeah. right now? Because you're yeah. so used to being bad. It's unnerving feeling. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're so used to being bad and people not paying attention and kind of talking. When you first start, you think that's normal. With the first few times you get silence, you, I mean, I didn't know how to handle it. I thought I was doing worse. Yeah. But it was actually, looking back at it, when I listen back, I'm like, oh, no, people were just paying attention. They were paying attention. Because that's what you do in a conversation. Hey, man, you don't fucking talk. You listen. Hey,
1: that silence is scary. Because if you don't have anything to say, like if oh, you're at that yeah. point where you're just up there trying to find some, some material and it gets silent, and now you have the attention of everybody in the room, and even those people that were sitting there talking to that girl that they're trying to take home, that's why I don't even understand. That's really when the pressure comes. It's like, all right, I shut up talking to her. Now what?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like this one. I mean, I know it's fucking. We're comparing not apples to apples, but when you hear about like those, uh, like those comments, like Chappelle and stuff, that would we'll go for three hours and just talk.
1: I watched the Chappelle thing on yeah. YouTube where he was up there over eight hours.
0: And the thing is, like to me, when I just hear that, I I almost have a panic attack just thinking about struggling. To, to fill time for fucking 40 minutes of conversation. Because right. what are you talking about after two hours? You got to sign somebody up there? No,
1: nah, I got him. It's good. I can shit. multitask my dude. I can walk and oh, chew shit. gum. Oh, are,
0: are we got about to wrap this up, though? You got to do the mic check and stuff?
1: No, nah, we're good. We'll just keep on going, man, Till it pops up. Dude, you got to follow my uh, new
0: podcast, Instagram, Drunk on High. Follow it. Drunk on High. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the last few episodes of Garbage. And uh, what we're doing, Kyle Dowdy and I went out last Friday, and we just stood out at Bodega and stood out there for like two hours just talking to the drunk people walking past and asking them the questions. They were saying some pretty crazy shit.
1: Okay. I love High Street, man. I, I, I've been high on High Street <laughs> more than several occasions, but there was one time I was so high, we were driving down the street, I wasn't actually driving, it was just in the passenger seat and we drove by high street and I waved back. <laughs> <laughs> That's high than a motherfucker, man. Yeah, this was a good conversation, man, because if you heard the first part and I hope that he puts the edited version on just so you could hear uh how uh interview goes with well, no no, in no no crowded no. ass area.
0: No, no, but this is the problem, is that with you is you always gotta be you always have to be uh performing Last week I did it in there with Mo No fucking issue I've done it at a bar No fucking issue The problem is You get two people standing in front of you And then you start playing to the audience It's like dude Just fucking have a conversation Mo doesn't
1: know anybody in Columbus yet. What? <laughs> <laughs> so people were just walking by you guys Looking like just two guys in the corner With two microphones Yeah I don't give a shit Yeah, yeah. I Isn't know that everybody whole thing? here like, Everybody came in You know I'm about to host the mic And yeah. everybody was coming in I can't just ignore everybody coming in Man you know how that I know is like
0: People coming out right now you got me food You got your food That's amazing Alright dude I appreciate you sitting down man you Hey man anytime man Great See comedian you.
1: Great interviewer man Gilly really and I Conversations
0: were, with you. We're on the show November 14th Out of shrunken head What are you doing for that Are you doing How much time are you doing on For your set Do you know
1: uh, I don't know Haven't discussed that with him yet
0: Yeah I, so think, I, nice. I
1: think I got at least 15 though
0: Nice Oh, I know you're doing at least 15 If I well, know yeah, you know, I'm going to do 15 We need people to come out It's going to be filmed and shit It's going to be a great tape.
1: Well, every time I get on stage just about, I'm filmed So it's That could be a special yeah. occasion for me But, but it's going to be a good show Yeah you guys There's a lot come of good out. comedians on it yeah, Plus Rock a great place November
0: 14th If I could get my set filmed to any Place we do mics at it would be shrunken head, so hoping it's a good show.
1: Yeah, well, it's gonna be good for you because you're getting filmed by Coax Media, so you, <laughs> it's probably one of the first times you get to get some extra film.
0: No, I got a nice one up in from uh, Funny Stop.
1: Yeah, they did it like Who 4K. Was it,
0: no, 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 it was uh, Steve Mers.
1: Steve Mers. Okay, he
0: recorded DSLR like 4K with like good sound and stuff on it, but and shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally different shit. Yeah. Totally different shit. Yeah.
0: All right, dude. All right. Thanks for talking. Talk uh, to you guys later. Bye-bye.